Welcome, everyone, to episode 10 of Raider Radio. Uh, I want to thank everyone for constantly uh, subscribing and joining um, and following Raider Radio. Today is a really important episode. We're talking about COVID-19 and higher education's response to the virus and what the class of 2020 and 2021 can expect. We have Patrick Dorsey and Dr. David Stout from Brookdale Community College. Please take a listen. This is going to be a great episode. Okay, we're back on Raider Radio. Our topic this week is the college landscape uh, for the class of 2020, class of 2021, um, in response to the COVID-19 health uh, crisis. With me at this time is my first guest, uh, Mr. Patrick Dorsey. He's the Associate Director of Admissions from Monmouth University. Uh, Patrick, how are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Joe. No, thank you so much. Uh, Patrick and I go back a long way. Uh, my time as a school counselor uh, in Long Branch and even my time now uh, through the Monmouth County Guidance Directors Association. Um, Patrick is on the front lines of college admissions, especially locally here at Monmouth University. Um, Patrick, talk to us about, first of all, uh, what's life been like in the admissions office since you know March 16th? Well, first, you, you said, uh, "Am I am I your first official guest of, of the podcast of this episode, or in your ten episodes?" This, you are the first of this uh, of this episode. I've had many okay. guests in the illustrious career of Raider Radio. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I mean, but back. Sorry, but back to your question. It's 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 been crazy, you know. Um, like you and I were just talking about, you know, this all happened very quickly. You know what I mean? So I think feeling a sense of uncertainty is, is, is normal, you know, um, you know, from, we kind of had the change on the fly of how we communicate, how we talk with students, um, especially at the time of the year that it happened. So for like your, your class of 2021 now, like this time next year, you know, if everything's going according to plan, they're going to know they're going to, they're looking, they're expecting to have, know what their post high school plans are. Right, you know what I mean? Right. And, and so, but when this all happened was, it was a really critical time with, within college admissions and for not only for us on campus, but for students and, and families and, and everything else. So we kind of had to all figure this out together at the same time. And it's brought, it's brought about challenges. Yes. But, um, some really positive things that I think have come out of it too that we're, we're learning about our, about you know how we can communicate with students and how we can be more effective. And I think um, you know going forward, that's something that um, we have to look forward to. Yeah, I, I wanted to kind of set the stage for folks um, listening at home. May first is you know the big day. It's the you know commitment day. Deposits are in. Things are clicking and. Like you said, March 16th, everything started to come to a halt. And that's just the absolute most critical period for uh, for students making this really important decision. So in what ways did your office respond to that change? Uh, and I want to later on touch on those positives that you were talking about. Sure. Yeah. So the first thing, you know, that we kind of started um, talking about even before we knew how like the, the magnitude of, of, of the crisis was, you know, it's yield season. So we have admitted student programs. So the first thing we looked to do was how are we going to deliver that in a virtual or online format, you know, and we developed um, a website, you know, where we took pretty much the whole day's programming and put it onto onto a site for our students to access um, really on demand. So if you had 15 minutes and you wanted to hear the president speak, 
you could go on to our class of 2024 page and hear um, President Leahy um, give, give his remarks. And then if you were a parent of an admitted student and you wanted to hear about, uh, you wanted to hear from our dean of students and, and you know, what we do to help students with the transition, um, we had we had that available. We had that um, presentation um, posted for them to participate, you know, for them to view. Same thing with student panels. Um, so we really took our whole, you know, program student accepted day and put that online. But then we kind of even um, took it a step further. And like since then, um, every Wednesday at two o'clock, we're doing online student chats. We've done really personalized um, dean presentations. So you can chat with the dean of the School of Humanities or the um, School of Science, and you have students participating in that. So, and that's, you know, really been great. So it's, it's actually allowed us to kind of target student-specific interests even 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 more so. Um, just the other week, we had our director of intramurals give a presentation. We've never done that before. He was great. You know what I mean? So those are the things I'm talking about. Like, we kind of started to ask ourselves, like, how come we've never done this before? So um, there is one positive that, that's kind of come out from it. But that's kind of how we transitioned from um, – you know, what we were doing on campus and, and providing it um, virtually for students. That, that's so interesting. Yeah, that's one of the silver linings of this whole situation is um, a lot of our obligations have disappeared and um, we've given we've been given a little bit more of like flex time to um, to have some of these more creative outlets or get people a voice that might not have had a voice in a, a really jam-packed one-day student event. So uh, that's really cool that you guys have made that on demand. So there's really no excuse for any admitted student or parent to not have viewed that uh, that content. Right. And then, you know, the one thing we found, it's, it's, it's all, students are almost more willing. I think this is the the um, the platform that they're, that they're most comfortable with. And, right. you know, so like they're even we, we find them even more in students to be even more engaging in, in this you know, in this environment. So um, I think that the benefits definitely, you know, they know exactly what to expect. You know, they're, you know, you get a room full of, you know, 400 students and families with, with a, you know, college, college fa faculty and ask if anybody has any questions, hands don't go up. Right. You know, right. you do it, you do it in, in, a, in an online format, you know what I mean? And it just, they just come flying in and it's great. Yeah, I, I, and it kind of uh, it takes that that social pressure away that uh, that they might feel. That's really that's a great silver lining. Um, sticking with the class of twenty twenty, um, I know that you know admissions deposits and things have been you know extended. And what what um, what do what do parents of and students of class of twenty twenty need to know um, going forward with uh, with this process? What, what are some key items they need to focus on? God, there's, there's so many and we think of more every day, right? You know, like, you know, so I think it's, you know, the, like I said at the beginning, you know, anybody who sits there and says they, any college admission professional, any, any college president that sits there and tells you they know what it's going to be like in the fall. I don't think they're being 100% yeah. um, on, honest with you, but um, you know, what, what they can, what they can expect, you know, go, going forward is I think, it, I think it, this experience 
gives will give students and families not only for your students that are going off in the fall, but like your 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 rising seniors and and your juniors and everything. How schools respond to this situation going forward, I think, is going to give you real insight to their um, to their culture of how they approach everything on campus. You know what I mean? Right. You know, and we were, you know. Right away, we refunded room and, room and board for our on-campus students. Um, you know, with the switch, our, with our switch to online remote learning for our students, because that's they didn't sign up for that. Yeah. You know, what I mean, they, yeah. they 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 came they came to a campus expecting you know to be engaged in the classroom, and that was um, audible on them. You know, <laughs> and on, on Tuesday, well, it was a Tuesday spring break. We told them to, to leave early, and then we told them not to come back and, and and finish your classes online you know so one thing that president Leahy wanted to make sure we did was reach out to all of our students every single student at monmouth university um was was contacted had a touch point with somebody at the university wow. Wow. just just to ask them how first you know make sure that you know everybody was healthy and safe um but then also how their transition to online learning was and i think that really speaks volumes to how we just approach everything at monmouth university so you know not to shamelessly plug monmouth but you know as your as your rising seniors are going out and, and you know start the college exploration process i would talk to current students at those schools and say what happened here during that how how was that how was that transition um and if you hear something positive um you know that should that should make you feel good you know i mean like yes there's challenges but like there was really a a, a collective effort in in managing it and and trying to make sure it was seamless for our students our faculty our staff and everything so um, I think it's indicative of, of the kind of culture of the school that you're looking to go to, you know, and that's, we're, we're, we're moderately sized, you know, we're not a, we're bringing in a freshman class of, of, of you know, a little over a thousand students, you know, so we, we had, we had a lot of students to call, you know what I mean? And what's more impressive is we had a lot of volunteers willing to do it, you know, so I think that speaks to, to the culture on campus as well. Patrick, I mean, that point alone, and uh, I'm not going to also shamelessly plug Monmouth University, but I will say in my 10-year career, going on 11 years uh, in this, uh, in in school counseling, um, I'm a TCNJ man, you know, through and through. I always admit that. But my experience with Monmouth uh, has always been that, that personal, what's best for the student, what's best for that student's family, um, no nonsense, uh, straight to the point, tell you... Um, and show you how to help. And I, you guys have been more than generous to my former students. Um, and I've had nothing but positive experience at Monmouth University. So I just want to, you know, kudos to you guys, to um, uh, President Leahy and everyone involved, because that that's tremendous. And I don't think that's happening everywhere. Right. And I think, and you know, and I'm, I know I've been doing this since 2001. You know, I mean, so like, I, as a fact, when I started in college admissions, it was, you know, the 9-11 terror attacks and then we had then we had um the financial crisis followed by super storms sandy you know what i mean or or i forgot the order of those two and and then this so um you know i'm sure we weren't the only school doing that but i think you know it 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 gives students an opportunity to say hey when this happened what did you guys do and if 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 a school, whether it be a student or a faculty member like myself or anything else like that, have the have something to speak to about it, it means that 
something special. It's the, the, something special is happening at that at that place. Yeah, you just gave us a new question to add to our uh, checklist of questions at college fairs for our students. That's that's a wonderful uh, perspective. Um, I want to touch on before I let you go, Patrick, on the class of 2021, our juniors, uh, we have a tremendous junior class, very eager, very interested in higher ed. Um, what, what can we expect? How, how are, how is your office going to look at the spring of 2020 on their transcript? Sure. So, um, I think one thing students will, will mostly see is the number, I mean, God, in the past since it's happened, how many schools have, have gone test optional, you know, um, mom, Mammoth will be, one of one of those schools is one of those schools so at least for you know those students um class of 2021 we will we will be test optional uh, for those students for most programs i still think you'll have some specific majors where um submission of, of test scores will, will be required um that's probably the most significant change um you know with that going forward right um you know other things like that will be you know, being able to address the resident hall situation, the dining hall situation, and and, and everything. So, um, you know, as students go forward, um, you know, we've always talked about fit. Fit is the most important thing. Right. You know, what I mean, and just because now you have a, a you know even a, an abundance of schools, you know, being test optional, that doesn't necessarily mean that. They also that doesn't mean that a school automatically becomes a good fit for you. Right. So right. it's inc- it's incumbent upon us to even it makes our jobs harder because we need to make because we we want you to apply yes but we want you to come and then not only that we want you to stay you know right. so um, and you know it makes our it, it makes our jobs more difficult but it, it certainly you know puts a little bit more responsibility on the students and families to to do their due diligence in regards of it's more than just you know, an, an academic fit, it's a philosophical fit, it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, socially is a good fit and, and everything else. So um, it makes it even more important for students. Right. So while, while we're SAT or ACT optional, we're still, you know, the admissions offices are still looking at, you know, rigors of your course load, you know, your grades, um, yeah. your activities, probably even more. Yeah, probably even more so. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we want to see a student take an active interest in what they want to go on study. So if you're telling me you want to be a um, health studies major and go into uh, occupational therapy, you know, like we want to see not only coursework that is complementary to that, but, you know, what have you done outside of school to explore those interests and everything else like that? Well, Patrick, I really can't thank you enough for being on Raider Radio and and uh, talking about this really hot topic right now and ever changing and offering this perspective. I really, really appreciate it. Great. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. And that was Patrick Dorsey, the Associate Director of Admissions at Monmouth University. We'll be back on Raider Radio right after this. Okay, welcome back to Raider Radio. Our spotlight today is on higher education and their response to COVID-19. My guest at this time is uh, someone that has helped us tremendously over the years, who is just a great community resource. Um, And we're honored to have him on Raider Radio, uh, uh, Dr. David Stout, the president of Brookdale Community College. Dr. Stout, how are you? Doing very well, Joe. Thank you very much for this. Uh, offer for me to come on your show. Uh, very much appreciate the opportunity to talk to your community. Uh, it's very exciting. Thank you. 
Yeah, the pleasure is all ours. So, uh, Dr. Stout, you and I were talking a little bit off air about um, Brookdale and the response to COVID-19 and also just how hard things um, seem, you know, for educators in this landscape. Talk to us about, um, you know, the days leading up to remote learning and um, and what you had to deal with and how you responded to uh, the ever-changing landscape. Yeah, obviously this has been uh, quite a traumatic experience for uh, so many of us, and I, I think especially for our, our learners and our students who are, they're not only used to being in the classroom and coming in, and, uh, you know, we might move around according to what uh, what bell rings at what time, so our days are very structured. Um, we have, uh, you know, a, a standing set of classes that we're attending at, at, at any given day, uh, so it's traumatic to sort of uh, experience this upheaval in our schedule and have to be uh, transported from a physical environment to an online environment where the learning can be very different. So for us, we were uh, paying attention, obviously, what was happening out in the world with the, the development of COVID-19 and, and how it was progressing. We were watching really carefully what was happening in New York. Um, and then some of the schools that were in the local area, Monmouth University, thought they might have had a positive case. So uh, they closed down on the, the Monday prior to us. We were, for a couple of weeks leading up to it, we were putting our plans together to uh, uh, what would be our, our contingency plans for moving completely remote if we needed to. Uh, and we saw that coming, that wave coming. So we uh, we put all of our faculty to work at, and uh, developing uh, different plans for how they would offer their coursework in a remote environment. And for some, it was relatively easy because they already had their classes online. Uh, they were able to just sort of flip the switch. Others had never taught a course online, and they had to learn within a matter of a few days how to teach courses online. Um, and then we have some coursework that just cannot be done online. So if you figure, at like an auto mechanic class, how do you take an auto technology class and, and offer that in a remote environment? So our faculty had to come up with some really creative ideas and do it quickly. Um, the day that we decided to close was a day that we heard we might have had a positive case on campus. So we weren't taking any chances. We closed down, did all sorts of contact tracing and, and informed people. Uh, thankfully, the student didn't have, uh, wasn't positive. But, um, but it, what it did was it gave us the chance to just focus entirely on this problem, on this, this, uh, the solution to how do we bring everything into a remote world. Within a matter of two days, we purchased uh, Zoom licenses for, for all of our faculty, for all of our staff, uh, and we were able to get people trained thanks to the really incredible teaching and learning center that we have at the college. Uh, we got everybody trained, and it was over the, the spring break week when many of our staff and faculty were supposed to be on vacation. They, they uh, dedicated themselves to learning how to teach in this new environment. Uh, students came back from spring break on uh, March 23rd, and we were ready to go. Our students, uh, some of them expressed concern over, uh, you know, I didn't sign up for an online class. I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't want to do it in this environment. But after the first week, uh, you know, we told our employees, this is really transition week. You know, just make sure that your students are okay. Uh, make sure that they know how to use the system. Students really acclimated really well. Uh, all of our classes were taught, all the ones that were live, uh, 
were taught in an online live environment through Zoom. So we interacted with them during the same time frame that they were scheduled. Brought some structure to the live, back to the lives of their students, um, so that they they knew that they were uh, reconnecting with their faculty and their peers at the same time, just a different location. Right. So, uh, and you know, Joe, one of the really incredible things that we found out looking back, uh, the last day of our semester was this past Tuesday. And we looked back at the number of students that dropped out. Uh, typically in college classes, you'll have people who drop because they realize they're not going to pass. And um, we compared the number of students that dropped out this year from spring break when we moved online until the end of the semester. We compared that versus last year, the same time frame. And we had 40% fewer students drop. Are you serious? 40% wow. fewer students drop this year. So uh, it was really incredible. They they enjoyed the experience. I stayed in touch with them through email frequently uh, to let them know that we believed in them and, and we knew that they could persist to the end. Uh, we modified a couple of our deadlines, gave them some additional options for grading, and yeah. they stuck it out. And the students were just absolutely incredible. We were able to get the majority of them through to the finish line. Uh, I, I need to need to highlight that stat again. That forty uh, percent fewer drops. Um, that's really eye opening. And going forward, I'm sure that 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 is going to really change some things, maybe for good. We're definitely paying attention to it, Joe. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. Many people who are interested in teaching online have been training to do this for many years. And as I mentioned before, our teaching and learning center, they're really skilled. Um, So we have instructional assistants that help them design different uh, ways of teaching online. Uh, So they're they're really good at what they do. And we had about 70% of our staff that were prepared to be able to teach classes online uh, at the time that the event happened. So we didn't have as heavy of a lift as some colleges that really don't have any online presence. Mm -hmm. But what, one of the things that we, we found was that the faculty who didn't like teaching or didn't think they would like teaching online, they reported back that they loved the experience. Really? And the students who were telling us that they were uncomfortable online, they didn't think that they had the skill set to be able to take classes online, they reported back and said it was a really good experience. So we're really paying attention to that. Um, it, uh, I think it was eye-opening for many people. Uh, in, in terms of what their abilities were and how they, they actually liked the way that teaching online actually made things a little bit more flexible and, uh, and also was highly engaging the way that we did it. So we're planning on continuing to offer classes in this format for students that want to continue to take courses in that format. Very interesting. So, um, again, other silver linings. Uh, I spoke with Patrick Dorsey, the Associate Director of Admissions at uh, Monmouth University prior to this interview, and same thing. There's a lot of silver linings that were coming out of the situation in terms of student engagement um, and being used to this format. So um, I think going forward, you're right, you're, we're going to see more of this. Um, I wanted to touch, uh, what, what do we have, um, or what words of wisdom do we have for the class of 2020 and then the class of 2021 as we move uh, forward in the new landscape, um, what, what should they expect? Uh, it's a really good question, uh, especially because we, uh, I think everybody's paying attention to where this uh, virus is moving and uh, and different trends and expectations that are coming out of the CDC, even the state's restrictions on how we can move around. Um, so I think that it's, 
while it may not be comfortable for people and when and, and while um, it may not be exactly what people want, we have to understand that what all of the restrictions are doing out there is really trying to prevent people from getting sick and, and, uh, and God forbid, passing away. So the, the way the classes are going to be taught in the fall um, is going to be highly remote. And it really it doesn't really matter where you are in the country. I'm hearing about some colleges uh, that have made the decision to go completely online. University of California system, for example, decided to move uh, all their classes to completely online. I think with very, very few exceptions where they, um, they might have to come in in small groups in person. Um, Rutgers University, I understand, is making that announcement. Uh, but it's, I think you're going to find that happening more and more for colleges, uh, uh, for residential institutions, that they're going to be flipping their classes to an online environment because you just cannot guarantee putting all those people together in one space is going to be safe for them. If you think about a, a Rutgers University um, lecture hall with 300 or 500 or 700 students sitting in it, uh, how do you put that number of people in a confined space and ensure social distancing? And uh, there was a study that just came out, I believe it was yesterday, that showed that a person speaking at a loud volume could uh, release respiratory particles that stay in the air for eight minutes in a closed room. And, uh, you know, so if you have a, a, a faculty member who's talking at students um, and they're doing it for a lot longer than eight minutes, uh, they're potentially spreading uh, virus. So we're, we're paying attention to. So what do we need to do in order to ensure safety? I think what you're going to find a lot of universities are going to do is have a highly remote environment in the fall. And then uh, hopefully we're going to be able to move uh, more and more of our classes and into a physical presence in the spring. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that people can't come on the campus. It's, it just it means that people are going to have to do it in a way that we're ensuring social distancing and uh, we might have to, to put boundaries up so people can't interact as they would have uh, in the past. So uh, just for example, if you're talking to somebody at a registration desk, we might have to have plexiglass up to prevent the, the spread of any, any virus. Um, we may have to ask students who are coming onto campus to wear masks. I think that's probably, uh, based on what we're seeing with the CDC, probably what is going to be recommended. So it's not going to be exactly the same. And I, I don't want students to walk away from this thinking, well, I'm just going to take the year off because I, I'm going to wait until um, things are better the next year. Uh, I think that's really a mistake. Um, to put things off because then you're really delaying, not only delaying your future in terms of getting your degree, but delaying by a year also means you're going to be paying more because tuition always goes up. Um, so my recommendation is, uh, and, and this is not being made in a self, selfish way um, to uh, promote a community college, but when you're thinking about freshman year classes, they're typically classes that county colleges offer that the four-year institutions are also offering. And so there's a high transferability of those courses. If classes are going to be offered in a remote environment only, and there's not going to be that on-site student life presence with uh, being able to live in a dormitory, then uh, my recommendation is you save those tens of thousands of dollars and you take your classes in the local county college that they're offering the same courses. Um, because what we're seeing is that that's probably going to happen across the board 
whether we're talking about four-year residential private institution that costs fifty or seventy thousand dollars a year, they're going to be teaching the same format as the county college that's offering at a fraction of the cost. So, uh, if you're going to take your classes from from your from your home or from a, a library, you might as well do it and in a, in, in a uh, uh, and save a whole lot of money. Right, and we all know how important it is to get those first you know, nine, 10, 12 credits under your belt to get the momentum started. And once, once you get those under your belt, uh, I feel like, uh, completing college in a timely manner, it gets easier and easier. So making, making life a little bit easier and taking those steps that, that might be good for everybody. Uh, I agree with you entirely. Uh, it's not necessarily the most comfortable environment. Um, Right, because I think people want to be face to face, and uh, you you want to be there with your friends. Everybody wants that. You know, we all want to be, you know, hugging our, our buddies. But right now, we know it's not a safe thing to do. So just logically, we have to try to separate the emotion from the logic and say, you know, I'm going to pursue my degree, but I I might have to have that experience of, of being able to hug my friends and live in a dorm. I might have to have that. A, a year later, when it's safer, right? Uh, well, Doctor Stout, I can't thank you enough for being on Raider Radio. Um, you had some really important messages for not only our class 2020, 2021, but also the community in general. And I want to just commend you guys for turning on a dime and and offering these classes remotely because we have a number of Keyport students, um, almost 30 students, uh, that are taking classes remotely uh, through Brookdale. Uh, while at Keyport High School. So, Dr. Stout, thank you again for being on Raider Radio, and stay well and stay safe. Thank you very much, Joe. I appreciate it, and, uh, and uh, welcome. Uh, uh, thank you very much. Congratulations to all those students who are also moving through Brookdale courses right now. That was Dr. David Stout for President of Brookdale Community College, and we'll be back on Raider Radio right after this.